What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you. Thank you very much for tuning into this week's episode of The Drop-In. You know, this month of August is turning into the really health-related month. Our, our first couple of guests, you know, we had a yoga uh, uh, studio owner who was awesome. Jen Perry knocked it out of the park. And you heard about how she transitioned from 20 years in the corporate life to follow her gut, follow her intuition, and open a yoga studio and is just doing some incredible things. And then we went into Renee Postitas, who is a nutritionalist and had it battled for 17, 18 years uh, to get over her own hurdles and to now help people all across the world and realize that as uh, it starts on the inside. It starts on the inside, and she teaches people how to eat and not, not to have her, their emotions take over and to get in control of those. And we're just going to carry that momentum to this show. I have a very speci- special show for you guys today, and it's, a, it's an interesting show because all of my guests up to this point have been in studio, and today, because this gentleman that I have on today, he's, he's known internationally. He helps people all across the world via Skype, through the telephone, in person, and he is a holistic magician, man. This guy's incredible. Samford Lapidus is here with us today via Skype, and I'm so stoked. I cannot wait to hear how he evolved as a person, because I'm going to be hearing it a lot of it for the first time, just like you. Just like you guys, I'm going to be hearing a lot of this story for the first time. And we spoke about a week ago on the phone, and I didn't want to get off the dang phone. Like, I just wanted to stay on the phone because he was telling me a little bit about, you know, the evolution of Sanford and how he got to where he got to. And I'm like, this story is amazing, but it had to be cut off because I love, I love the authenticity of the guests on the drop-in. When you're hearing it, you're hearing it for the first time. This isn't a rehearsed show. It is a live show, and, and you're hearing the stories for the first time. So the emotion, when I talk to, you, talk to you about the goosebumps I get on my body, it's because it's the first time I'm hearing it, and I'm getting as fired up as you are. And the goal of this show is to inspire you, the viewer, to just get off the couch, make life happen. You know, we get one shot at life, and it is our choice of what we do with it. And so with that, you know, I just want to thank you all for tuning in this week. I want to thank you for sharing the show across the world. The drop-in is taking over. I say it. Let's make positivity go viral. And you guys are helping do that. This show is heard in 29 countries. 20, maybe more now. I haven't seen the stats for this week yet, but they keep piling up. The countries keep piling up. The viewers keep piling up. And it's all positivity. It's all inspiration, and it is all for you guys. So thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in, sharing, watching, the positive vibes, all that kind of stuff. I cannot thank you enough, and I don't take your time lightly. So we're going to fill this content, fill this time with the best possible content, and the 58 minutes you spend with me is not wasted. And so with that... 
I would love to introduce you to a friend of mine. I met him through Marianne, the producer of The Drop-In, and she had nothing but great things to say about him. And as Marianne and I got to know each other, she's like, I really think you would enjoy uh, my friend Sanford. And I said, you know, down the road, you know, I'd love to meet him. And eventually, we finally schedules, you know, worked out together and whatnot. And he agreed to spend an hour with us here on the drop-in. So with nothing, nothing more to say, I want to introduce you guys to Mr. Sanford Lapita. Sanford, thank you very much for coming on the air with me today, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much for the opportunity to spend some time with all of you. Uh, very, very inspiring words that you're, you've given us there, and I, I'm very pleased and happy to be able to be a participant in that whole process with you. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Where are you, uh, where are you at right now? I'm actually in West Palm Beach, Florida, um, where it's uh, kind of quite warm and quite humid and a bit on the stormy side at the moment, but it's all good. <laughs> well, I love Florida. My, my grandma lives uh, in Bartow, which is right in the middle of the state, and I really enjoy the time I've spent down there. Many skateboard contests, vacations, and whatnot, and it's a beautiful, beautiful state. August this month can get a little crazy with the humidity and the, and the heat and the rain, though. Absolutely. It, it does have that kind of challenge, so it's sometimes nice to get away uh, and spend some time up north, but in general, it's, you know, it's a good location. It affords me a lot of opportunity to connect with people and to uh, reach out. Um, as, as you mentioned before, a lot of my work is now done through phone and Skype and other uh, social media in order to reach more people around the world so that it's not just limited to one physical location. Well, and there are some there's some negatives to so much information and so much technology, but there are some very good positives as well, as you just mentioned, being able to reach people with with life changing information and life changing uh, skills and goals as they move along their life, which we're going to get into that a little bit later. I want to dive right into the start with you because I was fully intrigued. I grew up playing hockey, so I've been all over Canada. I was a goaltender. I a ton of people thought I was Canadian. I mean, I spent a lot of time in Canada counseling hockey camp in London, Ontario for uh, several years. And um, and that's where uh, you got your start. So let's start right there. You know, how did how did uh, life begin for you, Sanford? Well, yeah. So I guess we we go back to Montreal, Quebec, um, where I was born and grew up and uh, born into a you know, a good family with uh, wonderful uh, brothers and sister, parents very loving and supportive and helpful, trying to provide every opportunity to grow and advance. And uh, and that was really good. I got involved in a lot of kind of uh, different thing, um, more kind of social care mechanisms as I was trying, as I was exploring life a bit. Um, from an early age, I kind of got into um, working at a youth center, which actually I co-founded the St. Laurent Youth Center at the time um, in my teenage years and started doing work a bit as a social worker. Um, 
so that kind of was where I started to feel that I had some synergy towards helping people and trying to make life better, to be some a force that's more uplifting. And that kind of still I felt, even though all of that was happening, I kind of still felt there was something missing in my life, something I wasn't sure what it was, and I was still looking for for answers. And, you know, so I, you know, being a product of the 60s, <laughs> I, I looked around at a lot of different, uh, different experiences and very and came up a little bit, well, finding a bit of truth here and a bit of truth there, but in still in general, not being satisfied with the status quo of life, and wanting to explore something a little more deeper. Um, so it was at around that time, I think, I think we go back to 1970. And um, actually, yeah, it was about 1970, when I um, I remember my uncle came over and he said, you know, there's this really interesting person that I met the other day. And I think you, we would all be benefited by, you know, having to, to be able to spend some time in his company. So, you know, I was quite open-minded and he happened to be an Indian guru uh, by the name of Swami Sham. And I went down to see him speak and I was so touched, I was so moved by the whole experience, just that there were things that he was just saying, explaining about life and about the purpose of life that I had never heard it put together so well. 1970, so, you know, 1970, uh, very interesting you bring up that year, because I'm a big fan of a general, gentleman named Michael A. Singer. And he okay. uh, he wrote a book called The Untethered Soul and The Surrender Experiment. And the Surrender Experiment, and yes. I, I really enjoyed both of those books. And it was about that same time when he really bought the five acres just outside of Gainesville and, uh, and was really touched in the same kind of fashion. Um, really life-changing for him. And it, it, it's a very interesting story uh, that... Uh, it moved to the top five books on my list of books because it touched me that much. Um, for you, uh, I wanted to ask, how was academics? Was academics difficult for you coming through school, or did you find it easy? Um, well, <laughs> I, I've always felt academics was a little more challenging for me in the sense that um, I guess I I was always thinking outside the box or looking for something a, a little more complicated. So whenever the answer was just two plus two equals four, I was looking like maybe it's not. Maybe there's something else that's out there. <laughs> so that didn't actually do well in the conventional academic uh, school system. So I struggled quite a bit with that. And in fact, as I started to become more and more spiritually oriented, uh, I started getting into a little more conflicts with my professors and teachers to the point that it became, a, I kind of burned my bridges almost, that it was not going to be serviceable for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, where so, you know, it, it, again, I I'm, I make uh, 
I guess, assimilations. And uh, I'm so stoked and honored that you're here because now I'm, I'm listening to you talk. And I like a gentleman named Wayne Dyer as well. I like reading his oh. books. And he was very similar in academia. You know, he questioned some of those everyday uh, answers and said, well, maybe it could be, you know. And, and so uh, that's pretty cool. I, I knew we were a, a, a good fit when we spoke on the phone a few weeks ago. And I know it's going to resonate to all of our viewers viewers here on the drop-in. So, Academia, uh, you know, you questioned it a little bit. And then in 1970, uh, you, you get to see this guru speak. And, and, and that, go ahead with that. Right. So, and I was, so I was sitting in the audience and I, I kept thinking, like, how is he just reading my mind and answering every single question that I had? And I, and I thought it was kind of very strange. Um, and then... At one point, I got up enough nerve, you know, to ask a question because it was invited to interact. So I asked uh, some more challenging questions, you know, which I felt were like basically, I can't remember them specifically at the moment, but I just remembered the general feeling of them was a little bit on the side of skepticism okay let me keep, let me get convinced about what it is that's going on here and his answers were so disarming and they just went straight into my own life experience that i just i knew from that moment that okay that's it i i need to learn more from this gentleman i have to find out more and more about what what he has to offer. So right after, um, right after the discourse was over, I went up to someone who also looked like he had long hair and a beard and was dressed in a similar garb. And I didn't have much experience with it at that point. And so I said, I, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to really have a, a chance to speak with you um, more personally. And so then in a nice German accent, he, he said to me, oh, but Swamiji is busy now. If you want, we can, we can make an appointment for you later. And, and so, oh, okay. And I kind of covered up that I was mistaken. But it was just that the people around him all had this similar energy, all had this similar vibration to them. And, and so it was easy to kind of make that kind of mistake of identity anyways it it did happen that i did get to speak to him and ask more personal questions and then he invited me he said well you're an earnest seeker you should come to india and you should live in our community there and and then have a chance to grow and develop and at that time i was still you know, I was fairly young. I didn't have funds. I didn't have um, the means to to just drop everything and and go there. But I knew that that was going to become my purpose. So at that point, I started trying to find a way forward to earn the money and still pursue my studies. So I was working during the day, going to school at night. And doing a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of expenditure of energy, trying to get to the point where I could be independent enough to go to India for some time. And how old were you about this time? 
And so that, I met Swamiji when I was about um, 18 or 17 or 18 years old. By the time I was 21 years old, I was I was able to take that leap and go to India. But it, so you had to be a bit patient, and especially in those in that time of life, you know, patience is not easy to come by. You kind of feel like I want it now. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. But but it was such, something that spoke so deeply to my spirit that I just knew that there I had to make it happen. I had to find a way, and so for. Uh, a number of years, I actually got into working in computer in computers, and I was uh, um, at that time the computers were called mainframe computers, and they were filled the whole room with the same technology that you can hold in your hand now. Yeah. Uh, but again, amazing the advances in our technology to what? But that was one of the backgrounds that helped me to do a few things that are going to come forward that will when we talk about how things are evolving and where things are going you'll see that some of that background plays into what I'm actually doing now right on right on and so you know this gentleman being in this space with uh the swami uh the energy and you mentioned the energy in, in in environments like that, you know, they say people like, you know, Jesus and Mother Teresa could raise the consciousness of a whole town just by being mm. there. And I truly believe that individuals have that capability to raise the vibration of a whole room. And it sounds like that's what happened to you at a very young age. Uh, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, when you're in the presence of a being who is radiating that kind of uh, enlightened energy, it has the effect of creating an aura all around that is automatically affecting everybody who comes in that proximity. And I remember when I went to India and I went and we were in the community, the whole community feel feels like it's in this bubble that is just surrounded by this very... Uh, you know, in, in Sanskrit terms, they call it sattvic energy, which means just this higher elevation of consciousness. Um, and, and But you could feel it's some sort of divine presence, divine energy that is very uplifting and freeing for the individual. So, and then when you come in contact with a being who's like that, they're so powerful that you can just feel that you're in the presence of a sage. You're in the presence of someone who has crossed all the dimensions of life and is sitting in the position of understanding and knowing and also able to impart that. Yes, yes. I I completely agree. Completely agree. So now when you get, you know, you get the funds and you go to India, that had to be, I mean— you know, nowadays you can click on a mouse and see a little bit of inform- I mean, you can see whatever you want to see, how people live, the the uh, the diet they're eating, the the weather of that day for the last 20 years. You can really do a lot of research. But in the early 70s, it wasn't quite that easy to figure out what you were walking into. 
No, you didn't have cell phones. You didn't have internet. You didn't. <laughs> all of this came much, much later on. So this is like the was still a very kind of like pioneer thing to do, especially going up into the Himalayan mountains. You know, just to get there, you first of all you're flying to India, which uh, from from Montreal. It, it was already um, like 18, 19 hours to just fly there. Then from there, you're taking, uh, you're traveling overland, and you're just to get to the foothills of the Himalayas is 12 hours or, or of, of journey. And then another eight to nine hours of journeying up into the mountains. Uh, so by the time you're getting further and further into a remoteness of rarefied atmosphere the with it's almost to me at the time it felt like every kilometer or because <laughs> they in, in canada and india it's kilometers not miles um but every kilometer you felt like you're getting more and more distant from the life that you knew before how cool how cool and you were you really and truly were uh physically mentally spiritually getting close or closer to the life you were evolving into um so uh, you you get to india and you're on this spiritual journey when did you uh, start thinking about homeopathy when did you when did that even come into play at all yeah the well so that happened as a, as a result of, while I was living there, I got this kind of um, uh, internal infection, like a blood infection, and nothing was able to help it. Now, coming from a more traditional or conventional background in medicine, because my father was a surgeon dentist and and all his friends were doctors and they were all, you know, so that was my orientation was more that that's the approach that you should go. Um, even though I had started to get some exposure to other modalities such as Ayurvedic modality and, but uh, so I got this systemic infection, and I had been on antibiotics one after the other, and nothing was seeming to help. It was like three months into this ordeal, and I was just getting weaker and weaker. And so at one point, I was down – I had gone from the uh, – from our ashram area where we were living – and I went down to Chandigarh, which is the big, a big city that's at the foothills of the Himalayas. And I was walking around on the streets there because I had been to see some doctors and, and I wasn't feeling very positive about the way things were going. I was just wondering, well, what's, what's this all for? What, what's the point behind all of this? And I was walking by this um, this uh, clinic <clears throat> and I saw the sign and it said Dr. Batra's homeopathic hall we, we can treat anything <laughs> anything that's a pretty pretty bold statement Absolutely, I, and I started. I started to actually laugh, being you know <laughs> a, a skeptical Westerner. I said, yeah, okay, come on, you know, treat anything. Give me a break." But so, but I thought, you know, well, 
what have you got to lose? Right. You know, here you are, you're struggling with this. No one's seeming to get the answer here. So give it a shot. So I went in and I sat and I asked to see the, the doctor. And so he was a really accommodating person, very, very intelligent guy. And so he started taking my my information and then he starts asking me all these other types of questions like uh, what kind of food do I like and what uh, do I you know like the hot weather or cold weather and I'm thinking what's all what's this got to do with with my with my condition in any case I thought well okay look this is the way he operates just go through it and so so he gathered all his information and I and I sat there and then as he was kind of studying something about my case he was working some some information out i kind of got a little bit bored and so i picked up this book that was sitting on his desk and and i just started reading it and uh it was fascinating i i just got really involved in it one page after the other and then kind of I suddenly noticed that he had taken off his glasses and the guy's looking at me and and he and so I put the book down and I said I'm sorry was I not supposed to be doing that he said no no that's fine it's just I'm he said to me I'm just wondering uh, you know if you're understanding what you're reading there so I said well so of course I'm understanding it that's the purpose of reading it anyways but <laughs> so he said but no, you don't understand. He said, that is the most boring book in all of homeopathy that you could possibly imagine. It's an encyclopedia of symptoms. <laughs> and, and I said, well, that's pretty interesting. I, I, I was interested, you know. He said, well, can, can I quiz you? He said, so how far have you read up to? I said, well, I read up to this remedy, Calcarea Carbonicum. And so then he said, okay, so tell me, what did it say about this remedy, Aconitum? And, I, and so I start telling him all the different things that I read. And he says, well, what about Belladonna, Bryonia, and this one and that. So he grilled me for a few minutes on and then he just put his. Then he just looked at me and he said, "You may not realize it, but you're an act, you're a homeopath." Right on. Like uh, you know, I don't in my life. I don't believe in in. Uh, con uh, what am I thinking of? I don't believe coincidences. Yes, exactly. Uh, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe everything in my life. And everybody's life happens because it's supposed to, when it's supposed to, and how it's supposed to. And and you are backing that up 100% uh, up to this point in in the evolution of Samford. I mean, uh, already the story is incredible. Already the story is incredible. So, uh, once again, thank you very much for, for sharing with myself, sharing with the viewers. I am blown away already. I am blown away already. So, uh, we only have an hour, so we're going to try to get through as much as possible. We're sitting here sure. with Samford Lapidus. And so, this guy says, you're, you're, you're a homeopath. Exactly. So, uh, I, I, I thought, okay, well, I didn't know. So, but... Then he gave me some remedies to take, and I went back and took them. And he said, well, I want you to come back in a couple of weeks and, and let me know how you're doing. So I did that. and But within two weeks, I was, I would say, about 90% better. And I, I was pretty impressed. And so I, so I went back to him, and I said, well, you know, now I'm really interested. So... Um, 
what do you, what do you recommend I read? Because I'd like to study a bit more about this on my own now. So he, he loaded me up with a whole bunch of books, like this, about, <laughs> about 15 or 20 books. And he said, well, you can start on these. And a week later, I came back and I said, yeah, what's next? <laughs> And he just said, okay, I, you're sure you're reading all these things? I said, I have lost all my friends. <laughs> they don't see me anymore. <laughs> I just seem to be studying night and day. So, you know, this is what I'm, I really can't stop this. I can't turn this off. In any case, so um, he was gracious enough to mentor me and help me along in my pursuit as were some other visitors who came, who were also homeopathic doctors who came to visit my teacher, and they would spend special time with me to help me understand and grow more in that experience. And, you know, at some point, I, I, I thought, okay, I think I'm, I'm ready now to start to assist a bit with him. So he invited me to do some work with him. And then after I had done some mentoring with him, um, he said, now you need to go to school. Oh, now how long, how long were you reading? Were you training? How long did it take to lead up to the point where you said, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to assist you? Uh, well, that was about, I think it all together took, you know, this is way, goes a bit way back. So it's uh, the memories are a little vaguer at this point. But uh, I think that was a period of about somewhere about eight months or so. Okay. And, and then uh, after that, I did do work with him. And that went on for over, you know, off and on over a period of one or two years. And it was at that point, though, that that's when he said, you you know, just when I thought I would be ready to, you know, have my own practice or do my own work, he that's when he suggested I go to school. And he said, well, you're a Westerner. And when wherever you go, if you're not credentialed, and no one's going to really listen to you. And see, that's what I was so, thinking. I was thinking that same thing because I have some friends who uh, have got certain credentials in Canada or in other countries, and they don't translate to the United States. They get here, and they have to go all back to school and do it all over again. And I was actually thinking that when you referred to this gentleman as a doctor. Right. Well, so it was under his guidance then, or because of that, that I enrolled in the British Institute of Homeopathy and then the um, the um, Academy of Homeopathic Sciences, um, the International Academy of Homeopathic Science, and and got graduated from both those after one was a five-year program and the other was a year program. By 1979, I believe it was, that I... I had my first certification, and then in by 1987, I had finished all the different uh, postgraduate stuff that I'd done, specializations and all the other academic achievements. So, so now at that point, I'm uh, I was invited to work through the charity clinic at our at our um, at our ashram so that 
to help people and to provide care for them and to and I and I remained there doing that for about 13 years. So you be, you um, are still in India when you're going to school and doing all of those things? Uh, yes, most of it was done through uh, uh, correspondence and mm-hmm. then I had to go to Delhi on occasion to write the final exams and to be interviewed and to go through the process. Uh, but most of it, it was, uh, you know, following the curriculum and doing all the work and then every so often getting tested and, and, and continuing on in that way. Right on. Well, I have to ask the question because, uh, you know, I want to know, I'm sure our viewers want to know, you were so influenced and inspired by the Swami when he came here. You know, there had to be a uh, spiritual path going on at the same time as you're, you're, you're studying the uh, homeopathy and, and studying those things. How was your spiritual life at that time? Because I know many of the Eastern philosophies take up a lot of time. And it, you know, there, I would say that you can't really separate the two fields in a way because uh, if you're looking from a more integrative kind of point of view where everything is all connected, then you have to see that your spiritual growth, your physical well-being, your mental emotional well-being are all connected together. Mm-hmm. And and that's more about the holistic point of view of life. Now, homeopathy itself is a very holistic science, and it doesn't just look at only dealing with pathology, anatomy, and etiology. It also looks at the mind, body, emotion, connection, and spirit. So, uh, simultaneously, the work was going on on both levels. So, I would be doing my studies and doing my work in the homeopathy, but I would also be attending the what they call satsang, which is where the uh, where our teacher would get be there available and would have discourses and then meditation and chanting and various other uh, spiritual practices that were being done on a daily basis. So when did you sleep or did you sleep at all during those years? I mean, you're talking about a series of, you know, 20, 25, 30 years where you were, uh, I mean, really, really uh, a total transformation. Uh, Sleep was... Um, sleep seemed I, I don't remember doing too much sleep to be <laughs> honest <laughs> I, I would sometimes I guess um, get exhausted and just fall asleep for a little while but a lot of the time just doing the practice of meditation and and staying focused on, on your spiritual work it did give you a lot of rejuvenating energy from that so there's it wasn't just only that you need to sleep and eat but there's other things that also contribute to your general energy and well-being i have to agree i have to agree i started uh meditating about 10 years ago and um 
and it really I can I can sit down and meditate uh, for not that long and wake up or I almost wake up because I say wake up because I try to calm my mind body and everything and when I come out of it I do feel completely energized and ready to go again and uh, it does it definitely recharges the batteries for me personally um, and I, I do know that uh, so you know, you're going through this transformation. You get your your credentials. How do you end up coming back west? <laughs> Good question. Uh, well, a confluence of synchronistic events happened in life at that time. Um, you see, I had been, as I mentioned before, my computer background made me also aware that there was something that I could be doing with the homeopathic knowledge that would kind of make the homeopathic homeopathy accessible to everybody and not just someone that could only, uh, only be through a practitioner necessarily. Um, so that's where I started to work on developing a software that could help to take care of certain individual uh, common day-to-day -day type of problems and I was working on that program and then at the same time because remember I had earned enough money and was able to support myself in India just on the basis of investments that we were holding and uh, but it was in the year 2000 and the stock market collapsed Mm -hmm. uh, or at least it's, uh, the tech market did. And that's where I had most of my savings all tied up in. So it suddenly happened that uh, along with this work on the software and along with my f sudden uh, disappearance of my financial resources and, and then – I, I went to my teacher and I said, well, this is what's happening. And his response was, well, it's time maybe for you to share some of what you've learned. And maybe this is where you should be considering return, going back and seeing what you can develop there. And so I did come back and I started working with a, a couple of gentlemen to develop my software. At that time, though, the tech market had really kind of collapsed. All the dot-com bubble had burst. And so at this point, there wasn't too many opportunities to get that promoted. But it was always there in the back of my mind that this is something that needs to be made available. But I had to start thinking about um, how to take care of myself and how to reinvent myself at that point. Also, as I mentioned, the confluence of events is I also got reconnected with my uh, a childhood, um, well, f best friend of my sister's who I actually became ro ro um, <laughs> romantically involved and got married to. Right on. Uh, so that kind of created a whole different set of experiences compared to the life that I had been leaving up in the Himalayas. Now I'm a householder, but with responsibilities and that. So um, in Ottawa now, because that's where um, 
that's where life events had led me, um, I started to uh, work at a, a clinic called the Integral Health Clinic. And from there, um, now each practitioner there was on his own to bring in his own clientele. So I had to go to uh, health fairs and I had to go to this uh, the Ottawa Natural Clinic, Natural Pharmacy and just, you know, meet people and talk to them and try to explain to them the benefits of, of taking care of yourself homeopathically. At that time, not many people really did know what homeopathy was. So there was this really big gap in terms of people's understanding about the, what homeopathy was. And so it did give me this opportunity to help to teach more or to explain more about how, how this system evolved. Well, you know, you hit on a couple really, I think, very important things, and that people uh, like yourself who want to be of service to others, they're constantly thinking, how can I reach more people? And it goes all the way back to Yogananda. I mean, in the 20s, he was one of the very first ever to actually have like a mail order thing where you could uh, learn Kriya Yoga and you would get yeah. you would get it once a month in the mail and learn it. And, and that's the, the late 20s he was doing that. And you at Software, you know, figuring out how can I make it more accessible to more people around the globe. And you're really hitting on a very important part because I've had people look at me crazy when I talk about how I can still do what I do today. Uh, and I, I, I say, you know, yoga, meditation, talking to my body. I had a broken leg last year, Samford, and I healed a month and a half ahead of schedule. And when he cut my cast off, he said, Mr. Valley, I'm not sure what you do, but you can walk right now. And I said, what about physical therapy? And he said, again, I don't know what you're doing to your body, but you don't even need physical therapy if you don't want it. And all I did was listen to my doctor Brilliant. and I talked to my body. And I did my daily meditation, and I, I really do uh, subscribe to the mind-body connection and exactly what you're talking about. And I wanted to ask that question. Um, educating uh, people, has that been a very difficult task? Uh, I, I guess for me it's always come a bit natural because uh, I like to communicate with people. and I like, But, I, you know, and I find that when I was in groups of people and able to sort of discuss and actually that's how I landed up meeting Marianne was in the year 2010 uh, she was also on the same holistic holiday at sea uh, which is a kind of a, was a cruise ship program that went on where they had holistic um, practitioners doing lectures and also doing consultations on uh, as well. So in the course of lecturing on that, she also met me at that time. So there was these greater and greater opportunities to take advantage of to reach people in this way. And so that's been come an important part of the education and communication now. And you, you really do. You know, we talked for the first time ever in our lives a week ago, 
and 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 you your voice it it does have a, a calming effect. You're easy to talk to. Uh, you got a good sense of humor, a cool laugh, you know. And and so I think that that helps when when you do have that when that can come across the telephone. You know that's that's great. But you know in person and be able to sit here and and speak with you over Skype for all of our viewers to watch. You know that that warm comforting feeling comes through, and I think that has a, a huge impact on your success as as a, uh, a healer really well I, I always look at it as a synergy of everything comes together is and that's what I've always tried to uh, bring into the my practice of homeopathy was to also bring the spiritual part into it to also recognize that it is just as an important part of the whole healing process as anything because if we're out of balance or out of alignment on any of the levels whether it's physical mental emotional or spiritual we're not going to be feeling quite right in ourselves and so to bring ourselves back into that state of equilibrium or homeostasis is the purpose purpose of this kind of endeavor and, and that's what I strive to do is I strive to do that with with every consultation and to bring our attention to the things that are more important and to look at more what are what I would call the causation level rather than only the outcome level exactly exactly you know when you look at the whole machine for lack of a better term uh, the whole human machine there's a lot of parts at play, and uh, my guest last week, Renee Pothetis, she does that with diet, and she's really mm-hmm. helping people to realize that they maybe overeat or undereat or, you know, anorexia. It's, it's more than just not being able to put down the fork or not being able to pick up the fork. There's a lot more at play there, and that's how she helps people manage their weight and get healthy. And it's exactly what you're saying. It, it, it's, it's spiritual. It's mental. It's physical. It's emotional. There's a lot going on. Exactly. Because if it is one field of consciousness, then everything has to be connected together. You can't just pick and pick one piece of the puzzle and say, well, that's the whole answer and nothing else matters. Um, very often I'm a little skeptical when someone says, well, this is the, the answer for everything. Unless it is everything itself, then that's the only true answer. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep, you're exactly right. You are exactly right. So in what year did you start your own practice, if you will? Right. Well, so that would be in the year uh, 2002. And since then, so that's when I've been working, and I call it homeopathy solutions. uh, And that's the practice that I've built over this last many years now. And... As things are actually moving forward, it's of interest to note that now that germination of that idea of that application or that software is now evolved into an app that is, I was almost hoping it was going to be released today, but we couldn't quite get that done. But um, but it is very imminent and it's, it's going to be coming out and it's going to be a public uh, publicly available app that uh, is, allows um, 
a lay person to have the access to professional level of homeopathic guidance. Well, and you're doing a lot of that through your website, homeopathysolutions.com. I mean, you make the ease of use. It. I was all over it and, and just navigating around and looking at different things. And, and you offer a lot of different services on there from like almost uh, trainings to free information to uh, a lot of different things. There is a lot of things that I'm trying to, you know, bring out and try to make available to people and those, you know, to be able to have uh, access to, you know, one of the things that I have done is that um, there's the free evaluation that I do. It's about a 15, 20 minute um, session with me personally, where a person can ask me about questions about what they might need to know whether the homeopathy might suit them or not or how or whether I would be able to help them or not not to actually get into the the recommendations at this point because that takes a lot more work and it's a lot more involving but at least to give them some guidance and help them understand what their options are Yes, to let people know it's available. And I will tell you a, a tale from my life. In 2010, I was having a hard time walking. And I went to, uh, I thought I was getting new hips. I went to the doctor and he uh-huh. said, you have FAI, which is femoral acetabular impingement. I have extra bone growth right. in my hips. He said, the heads of my, uh, uh, what is it, my femurs were deformed because of my birth defects. And he told me like five oh. different things. And he said, you know, Mr. Valley, take pain medication. And when you can't function anymore, I'll give you new hips. You're too young oh. right now. And that's uh, right. Well, that's where I really started paying attention to my diet and yoga and the mind body connection. And I will tell you, Samford, within uh, three months, I started playing hockey again. Within eight months, I ran my first 5K, and I have never had medical attention since then. And the only time my hips really start getting sore is when I'm emotionally upset. Uh, then my hips get sore. Exactly. And that goes again to what we were talking about, the causation level Mm -hmm. of things. So then it's something that I'm always looking for when I when I'm thinking about what is the actual problem. So I'll ask myself the question. I keep asking myself, well, why is this happening? Why is this there? What is is there something deeper behind this? And until I can get to the point where there's no further answer of why that's when I know I've reached that source level. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I am walking and living proof of that. That's why I was so excited to have you on here today and, and just get to know uh, your evolution. We're sitting here with Samford Lapidus, and, I mean, the, the, the information, the evolution, uh, leaving Montreal and going to India just to do that took some serious courage. I mean, to to uproot yourself and to travel halfway around the globe uh, because you felt inspired, because you saw something that was appealing, because you felt it all the way through your total being, really. And to do right. that is huge. That takes, you don't hear about that kind of risk-taking that often. 
I, it's funny because you call it a risk taking, and I would have said it was a matter of necessity. <laughs> <laughs> and see, that perception is everything. Perception is really everything. And uh, and then to run into the doctor because you almost felt like you were at the, at your wits' end. You were you were you could not figure out how to get rid of this malady, and for it to be where you're at today, you're sitting in in South Florida and helping people all over the world. Absolutely, it's been it's just it's been marvelous. I, I can't tell you that it's one of it's so rewarding and it's so vibrant and it's so dynamic. You know, every day is is just a pure uh, pure delight to be able to to participate on this spiritual journey with people and to be a part of their lives and to be a part of their process towards health and well-being. It's more than just health. It's about the well-being and it's about the lifting society higher and to make our world a better place. Definitely. And for me, you know, the, the mind-body connection, and you touched on it earlier when I asked you about your spiritual path and the uh, homeopathic path, you know, for me, it helps every facet of my life. It's not just my physical, uh, how well I feel physically, but it's as I'm on my own personal spiritual path, it's helping my decision making in every different aspect of my life, the way I, I view everything. Everything and it is. It, it it's. We're all in this together. We are all one, and uh, and it really plays a huge role. And, uh, yeah. Well, and and that's the thing is you 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 touched on it before too that there are no coincidences and this is a synchronistic universe that we're living in and everything is happening just as I can say when I said that it was a matter of necessity the going to india it was because that was my journey it had to be that way there was really no other choices really um i was just trying to be open to that at the time because it was drawing me it was almost like if you have a magnet and the magnet is drawing the iron filing could you say that the iron filing is you know, is doing anything other than what it really needs to do, but be attracted to the magnet. Right, right. That's a great analogy, a great analogy. Well, this hour always goes so fast. We're coming down to the last five minutes already, and wow. it seems like we just wow. started, you know? Um, so, it, you know, I touched on your website a few minutes ago, but if folks want to reach out to you, how do they do that? Well, there's a number of ways. They can email. Uh, all they have to do is go to um, ad admin at homeopathysolutions.com and send an email. They can phone the 888-838-1949 number is there. There's on the website itself, which is www.homeopathysolutions.com, has very uh, quite a few methods of reaching me you know you can fill out an application online you can look through the website there's a lot of educational material there for people to learn about homeopathy on their own there will be more and more content coming there over the next while and as i said the app is also about to be released soon well, and I love that because um, for me, I love learning every day. I love to learn more. And when I was uh, looking around your site, I really enjoyed uh, 
actually being enlightened, for lack of a better term, about homeopathy and how, how it works and some of the technical jargon and some of the different things and to learn about you as well. You know, there's some great insightful information about you as a person. Not quite as much as they got here today in this hour. No, no, th- this was, you know, this was an adventure for me too because uh, I, I, you know, I haven't talked about it like this or put it all together in this kind of order uh, ever before. So it's kind of like uh, uh, has been a really interesting exploration with you as well. And I thank you for this opportunity. Well, thank you for taking the time to sit down with us here on the drop-in. You know, you're my very first Skype show. Every other guest has been sitting here with me, and I've really enjoyed it. The energy has been the same. The energy has been the same on this end, and um, it, it has been an honor for me to be able to sit here and listen to you talk. I mean, to come from Canada to India, back west, and now you're in uh, South Florida, and to be able to help thousands across the country. And again, uh, the website, for you, the viewer, if you even have any questions, you can reach out through homeopathysolutions.com, and there's, mo- there's several different ways. You can fill out an application there. You can give them a call. There's several ways. So uh, definitely, if there's something you're even thinking about, reach out to Sanford. Sanford, thank you so much for spending the time with us here today on The Drop-In. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed meeting with you, uh, Gerald, and hope that we have more experiences together. Definitely, definitely. Thank you very much, sir. Enjoy the rest of your evening, and we will talk very soon. Excellent. I appreciate that. Have a good night. Oh, my word. Sanford Lapidus, ladies and gentlemen. That story uh, uh, blew me away. It really did, because I I read a lot. I read a lot. And when you read about uh, folks like Sanford, the story is very similar. You know, they, they get this inspiration and they alter their whole life. If it's through traveling to India, if it's through coming back uh, to you know Canada, and then you know being in South Florida, they really uh, something gets them. At, and it's not just a young age; it's sometimes late in life. It, it can happen at any time. But to be inspired to make that kind of a life change, and then to come back to the Western world and and want to help and educate as many people as possible, that the mind-body-spirit connection is real. And the proof is in the pudding, man. The proof is totally in the pudding. I am living proof. And to have Sanford Lapidus on the show today has been an honor. And to have you watching the show today has been an honor. So thank you very much for tuning in to The Drop-In. Until next week, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your day. I am Gerald Valley, and this is The Drop-In.